and welcome back to the Restricted View podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again. Yes, I, as always, I'm Deborah. I'm Chris. And we've got quite a busy week this week, actually. Um, after our, well, we had one, after our, after our catch-up episode last week, we uh, were lucky enough to be invited to two different shows uh, in the last week, which we saw um, one night after the other. Yeah, so kind of back-to-back situation. And um, we also have a little bit. There's a little, a little bit of drama has, that has emerged uh, in the in the uh, theatre e- world. Theatre world with equity getting involved and whatnot. So we're going to briefly address that as well. Yes, indeed. Um, but yes, we were invited to see uh, Glacier Lake. Um, by Andrew Cartmel. Yes, by the, Thursday Theatre. By Thursday Theatre. Yes. And that was at the um, OSO, which I forgot what it stands for now. <laughs> sorting uh, office, just, the old sorting office. Yes, but OSO Art Centre <laughs> in Art Barnes. Center. And we also got invited to see Abigail by Fury Theatre, uh, which was at the Space Theatre in the Isle, on the Isle of Dogs, I believe. Yes, two, look, two venues we've never been to before. So yes. uh, that was very exciting. We're excited to talk about it. Um, but first, before we get into that, we would like to discuss a little bit of dramatic news. So uh, if you're involved in the theatre world or following theatre news, you will have heard that Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella is now closing on the 12th of June. And this is big news because firstly, it was booking until... February 2023, I believe, so long, long period. But also, because as it turns out, it seems to have been announced on social media first. So news outlets announced it before the cast, the current cast, and also the future cast, which were already, you know, kind of signed up to do the parts, knew about it. Well, Deborah stumbled across it literally as it broke. So there's a very good chance that uh, Deborah and I knew about it before most, if not all, of the cast. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. and, and in today's ticks um, and other vendors were still selling tickets uh, when it was announced for February 2023. Yeah, so it's... it's uh, so quite, they didn't know about it's, it. It's quite... Uh, Dramatic in many ways, and also uh, very unfair to uh, the cast and creators working in the show who didn't know about this. And I think that's the crux of the matter, the fact that people were told via Twitter that they had lost their jobs. Yeah, and so, I mean, the original cast, the contracts are usually a year, and I believe that was the case for um, for, the, for the Cinderella. The original cast contracts were coming to a, were coming up to, 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 coming to an end, coming to be renewed. In July. To, in July, yeah. right, so a month away. So, um a lot of them were leaving I don't know if they were all leaving presumably some of them might have been staying but it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. regardless um, they they obviously had their, had their contracts terminate, terminated a month early um, which is obviously very very poor and not definitely a bad thing um, but I actually feel even more sorry for the upcoming cast mm-hmm. who had just who had a job coming up for his, his contract coming up yeah. and that's been taken from them Um so it's it's uh, I, the thing is I, I I don't again I don't know I can only assume that these contracts have clauses which basically allow them to do whatever they want. I mean Deborah and I once got kicked out of our flat because because, because the con- the lease contracts tend tend to say oh if the if if the if the landlord has has a, gets the whim they can just kick you yeah. out for no real reason exactly. Um, uh, so- I, it, but I think that is the big issue and that's why a lot of actors, uh, some of them due to be on the show on the new cast and some of the current cast spoke up about it uh, and equity got involved and um and this isn't the first drama regarding this production you know andrew weber allegedly also berated the cast at one point um yeah. i know this has been denied but lots of different sources have said it happened so it's allegedly yeah, he, he so berated the cast after a bad review we can i think it, it, we could all safely say that cinderella this this production of cinderella has been shrouded in in 
difficulties. Yeah, you he, know? he also shut down the production temporarily under the guise of because of Omicron, but it was very clearly because he knew, he was trying to rebrand it. Yeah, because he got a, he got a bad review, yeah. and then uh, yes, so he hasn't. So he, as far as I can tell, he hasn't been honest and forthcoming throughout his entire debacle. Absolutely not. And I think that uh, it's also in very poor taste to announce the closure. First of all, again, announce the closure on social media, but in the announcement say, oh yes, and we're going to Broadway next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of just feels like, oh, good for you, you're going to Broadway. What about all the other people who are jobless now because because of this uh, impromptu decision? And also, I mean, this is, I cannot confirm this. I don't really have the sources. This is a hearsay. But it's, it, it sounds like the uh, all the all the details for the closure of the show had been negotiated the week before, so it, so it, it had all been closed and done and and done before like two or three days before it was announced. So surely they had time to announce the cast yeah. first. And even uh, even the lead, if you think about it, even Carrie Hope Fletcher, she wasn't at the theater on the day it was announced. So she found out. She said herself that she found out uh, with a message from so a we, colleague. So we knew before her. Basically. Sounds like we knew which before. Is, is no, because the thing is, they did they did tell the cast that they are performing on the day, so they they were the ones that got the, they got oh, the news okay. they Fine. got the news uh, directly. But she was one of the people who were who were. It sounds, more, dr- that sounds more dramatic if we knew before that. Yes, <laughs> but we, de- we definitely might have known before people who were due to uh, to the the actress who's due to uh, make Take her over. West End debut as Cinderella. So mm. you know that's. Um, Appalling. And as really. I say, um, they, they, I, I, I'm guessing that um, that because the, 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 the contracts have clauses which effectively allow this. Um, so, but, um, so I'm, I'm not con- obviously we're not condoning that. Um, so whilst what they're doing may not be against employment law, it's definitely unfair and bad practice and to be condemned. And there was indeed an equity-led protest, I believe, yes. outside the theatre. Um, so yeah, I mean, they are demanding that uh, the the cast uh, that the cast get paid for the, the extra month, the month that they are not going to be working now, um, and also that the new cast get rec- like compensated somehow for you know having because I can only assume, and you have more experience than this uh, of this than me, that like once you 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 sign for a job then you kind of relax for a little bit and in such a difficult industry like you find okay I, I i went to lots of additions now i have this job i'm gonna settle for a few months you yeah know? i mean never relax fully in th- but yes yeah, cer- certainly certainly there's an element of massive element of relief which has been robbed from them now um but yeah so it's like i said we it, we it, we i suspect it's technically not actually illegal um and, it, and there's no and technically he can do this but uh, doesn't mean it's right <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's right and restricted view definitely would like to lend uh, or not lend but um Throw our weight behind the um, the the condemnation of Andrew Weber's behaviour. Yes, it is not good. Do better, Andrew. So as we said in the intro this week, we were invited to two shows. We'd like to talk about uh, both of them now. Um, so the first one we were invited to was uh, we saw on uh, Tuesday on opening on its opening night on the fourth, I think it was. Uh, yes. Um, and this is Glacier Lake at the OSO Art Centre. Um, so this, uh, so this is running until the eighth. Um, so uh, as as time recording, not not much time left to see this. Um, but uh, the he the writer does have another show coming up uh, shortly, which we'll talk about as well briefly at the end. But uh, yeah, so ba- the Glacier Lake was it saw itself as a thriller mm-hmm. um, with uh, which I so I I would I would more have called it a political. I think I did. I think when we wrote up about it, a political piece with a thriller vibe. There's definitely a thriller vibe, <laughs> yes. Um, so essentially, it says, it's by Andrew Cartmel. 
Um, and it was uh, it was directed by um, Conrad Blakemore. Conrad Blakemore, yes, yeah. indeed. Um, and it stars uh, Sadie Pepperell, Jamie Hutchins, and Colin Hill. Uh, it's a three-person uh, play. As I said, it's, it, as, I, as I implied, it's set in a single location of this this lake ha- this, uh, this lake house by a by a, gla- uh, gla- a, gla- a lake that was formed by a glacier. Well, gla- used to be. Um, and uh, very early on, they do offer. There is some uh, allusion to the climate change mm-hmm. um, issue, um, and it, it kind of it, it's interesting. It's an introduced pretty much immediately, in quite a dramatic way. And then kind of left alone whilst we whilst we um, then build up this this mysterious thriller vibe, as I suggested. So basically, Sadie Pepperell um, plays Sandy and Colin Hill plays her father, Otto. They're living, or at least reside, it wasn't entirely clear if this is their permanent residence or if this is kind of like a holiday home. No, but I kind of got the feeling that they are there. They, they really love this place and... It's an it's a haven. It's kind of an escape. Yes, and later, well, and also towards the end, Otto it is Otto kind of implies that he's very much there on purpose. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> um, but um, but yes, the, and and uh, a childhood friend, so, so a childhood friend of Sandy's, who's also the son of a lifelong friend of her father Otto, mm-hmm. um, named uh, Daniel, has uh, recently arrived to stay because uh, he is essentially being chased chased by bad bad people, and that's kind of all we get. For the, for the for a while, and so for, so for the next kind of maybe thirty minutes of the play or so after the initial kind of um, opening uh, dramatic opening alluding to climate change, it's kind of just about introducing us to the characters and their relations with each other, and and how ha- and there's there's some dramatic tension with what is going on with Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's definitely. not he's not a threat or anything. He's on he's he is kind of the outsider coming to disturb the peace. He, he does bring the threat in he with him, right? He brings the threat. But he's actually very, I mean, um, he's, he's Jamie Hutchins plays him incredibly, very likably. Yes. Is that the word? Likably? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's very likable. He's very yes. likable. Um, he's very level-headed. He's very rational. He's very, um, uh, he's very, he's very kind. There's a scene, in fact, in which, um, uh, Sandy, uh, essentially makes advances on, 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 um, Daniel, Daniel, uh, and Daniel rejects them because he doesn't want to take advantage of her. And there is, there is, there is more. There's a lot more to that scene as later revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, originally, it's not entirely clear why he's. It's like it's like he's, it's seen, it, originally when you, when the scene plays out, you're kind of thinking, I don't. Well, you, I don't see why you would be taking advantage. <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, yes. But basically, he there's there's yeah. Anyway, the point is that scene. Um, there is more revealed later on, and that scene kind of does solidify him as a as a decent person which i think is very important for stuff that for what is to come yes and it's it's actually uh, a lot of this is once you get there's a there's a somewhat of a, of a reveal in the second half of the play and a lot of the first half makes more sense once you know that which is nice which is a Precisely. great way to kind of be surprised and think oh that's why they were doing that you know yes and i much prefer that than 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 telling you know a lot of people like to tell stories out of or um non non chronological order but I much prefer having a chronological having it told chron- chronologically and then having um new context and new uh having sort of recontextualized yes definitely um, yeah. but yeah so after we've had in that period we then have uh, th- we then have a cliffhanger interval mm-hmm. um and followed by the second half where things basically really kick off and we now understand why this climate change seed was planted in our brains mm-hmm. in the opening scene um because basically the the, the basically the the the, 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 the fact that daniel has been hunted 
and the, and the fact that climate change exists are actually very much linked. Yes, and the fact that um, Otto and Sandy are in the lake house. Yes, it's also linked. <laughs> yes, it's all it's exactly. Um, so um, first of all, I saw a few things to address. Um, the the, uh, the the play is about an hour. Or how long was it? About an hour and twenty minutes, I think. And it's I I, I heard um, Andrew Cartmel, the writer, say that it was ninety minutes. Oh, 90 minutes. Okay. So it's ninety minutes without an interval. And tw- it felt ten minutes shorter. There you go. Yes, there you <laughs> That's go. a good sign. Um, so the interval was very much a necessity uh, caused by the venue. Um, mm-hmm. Deborah and I did. I remember thinking it was strange. We spoke to. Um, um, the producer Alistair Shanks afterwards, and he did, he confirmed my suspicions that uh, they probably wouldn't have wanted an interval if they yeah. could. And I definitely don't think Andrew Cartmel wrote it with an interval in mind. Mm-hmm. I think they put the interval in the most logical place they could. Yes, I underst- yeah. um, understand wh- why it was there, um, but I actually do wish it wasn't there. And mm-hmm. I think um, I think the, I think the cast crew mostly agree with that yes. as well. Yes, and um, I think the location, you know, despite the the problem, I guess, with the um, break, the location itself suited the play in many ways because it was set in one room, even though the lake was there, ever present. Well, it's a small, intimate space, isn't it? Yeah. So So it it adds to that sense of of foreboding as well that they can't. There's nowhere (laughs) else to go. This this is where they are. Um, So I think it, it, it suited the small venue uh, nicely and I think the it, the director did a good job of kind of using that space yeah, yeah. and the actors kind of owned it as well uh, mm-hmm. as best as they could uh, which I which I appreciated yeah so something I found interesting was the um, the kind of the parallel between the way the or the way the audience is kind of given misinformation so to speak or at least half truths um, and the parallel between that and the climate change and the misinformation uh that was given to the public about climate change, which is very much what this play is about. Mm-hmm. It's not just climate change in general, but it's very specifically the misinformation campaign in the, I guess, the 90s, would it be? The, yeah, I think they do say. I do I mean, for example, like Al Gore um, mm-hmm. did a, uh, doc, uh, did a um, talk at a slash documentary called um, An Inconvenient Truth. Yes. Very famously. I remember watching that in school, um, would, 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 what would have been the early noughties. Um, and I remember at the time thinking... Uh, I remember. I actually remember. Uh, there's a piece of that a part of that that stuck with me from that is he shows a bar graph from that, and says I mean, you know, scientists are saying or not scientists. Some people are saying, again, some scientists as as is the point. Yeah. Some people are saying that um, you know this climate change is part of a natural cycle. And he shows a bar chart where it's like, yes, look, this is how the cycle goes, and it's like very minor modulation. Yeah. And then this is where we are now, and it's like shot right up. Yeah. So it's like, sure, there is some fluctuation, but this is not this level. And I do remember that back from the noughties. So I guess I've been aware of it very early. Mm-hmm. But then I can't, you can't forget it. We forgot, I forgot about it for 20 years. Climate change. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> it's always been in the news uh, to a certain level. And I think we all have been taught, like Chris and I are millennials. And I think when we were in school, people just talked about recycling. And I think now the conversation has moved on. And we are all, I mean, to me, it's like holding people accountable. Who are the people who can do, uh, not that you shouldn't recycle, but you, you can do your own part. But then who are the people who actually have uh, everything in their hands to make changes? Yeah, and that's, this play is a lot, very much about that, isn't it? Yeah. Accountability is in, in, as well as individual responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was so, so, so something that I, I don't want to speak too much about uh, as the spoilers um Obviously, I mean, it is closing, as I said, very soon. Um, but it's always potential these things will come back. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. So, um, the it, I find it interesting that the there's an, there's there's a kind of a sins of the father element in this play, which I actually felt was not massively explored. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in fact I don't think it's really explored or mentioned at all, except it's just it's just it's the, it is just it is the case, 
right? Yeah. That there's this whole sins of the father and people suffering for the sins of their father. Um, and the question of whether, you know, it's like, you know, privilege and benefiting from from um a bad thing from from the sins of your father yeah. even if you're not committing them um even even if you're benefiting unbeknownst to you and yeah. what what that what that means and you know is there is there is there a uh, a price to be paid on that is, should there be you know that that's something that it doesn't really get into which is which i found which it could have done and i'm i think it's actually good that it didn't within the runtime it was within it was working with mm-hmm. but i do think that um there is a longer play in here potentially yeah. There is there is a two hour you know two act play in here potentially where it's it would be fleshed it could be fleshed out and stuff like that could be th- things like that could be addressed. Um, now perhaps you know, first of all if the if the if 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 the writer doesn't actually didn't have those ideas and doesn't have the ideas for how to do that it doesn't then obviously don't force that that's obviously that's it's obviously good not to just write it for the sake of writing it. Of course. Um, I just feel that it could I feel that there is the potential for it to be a longer more fleshed out play. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially because uh, there's this uh, sense of when we talk about climate change, we talk about future generations, right? And in, in, it's interesting to think back, and they are thinking back. And so, it pretty much solely does that. Thinks yeah, back, yeah, right? interestingly yeah. enough, which is interesting. It's a different, which in, in itself a different take, I think. Mm, mm. Uh, so yes, I agree with you. There's, there's potential for more, but I do enjoy bite-sized plays, and this is one of them. I do mm. think um, to well, that's the thing. I do think to to to, to flesh that out. It would fundamentally change the play, though, as well. I think. Yes. I think you would struggle to. It, it might need more. You know, it definitely would need probably need more than the three cast members mm-hmm, in order to mm-hmm, do that. It would mm-hmm. probably also need um, potentially to have more great number of locations. I mean, maybe not, but um, it would definitely compromise, I think, to a certain extent, the intimate, uh, claustrophobic feeling of it. Yes, it would. I think. Um, so uh, I think it does the job well for what it intends to be. Yeah, but it's a good, it's, but it does, as I say, it does it does kind of evoke thoughts of these themes that are kind of hinted at, but then never actually addressed on the stage because that's not what it's trying to address. It's trying to address this one particular thing and give it the time and time and uh, love it it required in its, in the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I kind of I I think I said um, I wrote I wrote our, in our write up on Instagram uh, the last line I think which I wrote was uh, the closing line which was you'll come for the you're being taken in by the mystery and then challenged by the message, or something mm-hmm. along those lines. I think that basically sums up this play very much. I think it's a it was a, it was a competent production, well put together. I think all three cast members um, did did a good job, um, and uh, I do think. I, I guess I guess I am I guess I do kind of wish. The uh, the other themes have been delved into a little bit a little bit more. Okay. Maybe maybe I, maybe I do want a two hour version of this play. Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> this is very rare from Chris. He always looks at run times and is like, oh my god, it's too long. <laughs> well, that's when you see three hour plays and you're like, this this really has to oh, justify. Oh yeah. Oh, and we'll be talking um, about one soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> a three hour runtime really needs to justify itself. Um, but yeah, no, I think, but I I I definitely enjoyed it. Um. As I said, it's it's closing very soon, uh, but uh, it, who knows? It can always come back. Um, yes. Did you, uh, did you, you enjoy it as well, Deborah? Didn't you? I did enjoy. It, yes, I was. Um, it's it's. I like seeing different topics being dealt on on stage. Yeah. And I think it did that. Really, I feel we're going to really see well. more, we're going to see more of this type of thing. Oh, I, as I said to you I, when we left the theatre, I said to Chris that I think that uh, climate change is going to be uh, uh, is going to is going to feature in you know the future plays and by future i just mean a short-term future you know i think there'll be a lot of that because that's all we have because of climate change (laughs) (laughs) yeah well because we'll be dead soon Uh, exactly (laughs) but yeah no but i I definitely found the themes uh evocative and and an interesting interesting take on those themes Mm -hmm. um 
And I do think there, there were some clever, as a clever parallels in the writing between the, the way information's handled. Yeah. Um, the reveal was, the, I also feel that the reveal was, was um, dramatic without being melodramatic. Yeah. Now, there were melodramatic elements in the dialogue, which I would, which I. Especially which towards I, the end. I think we even commented on Instagram. Go check out our, we have a, a reel short, and we have a, a short review of yeah. display as well on, on our Instagram. So check that yeah. out. And I do, I do think um, there are, there are elements of the writing were a little bit too melodramatic for me. And mm-hmm. I would, I personally would have liked that to be reined in a little bit. I do understand where it was coming from, especially at the end. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think, I, I guess I thought, I guess I think it's funny for the reveal to be handled so well and so maturely without resorting to cliches um and then to ha- and then then to kind of be undercut a little bit by 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 what i see as the mel- melodrama nothing wrong with melodrama but i didn't see this as a melodramatic play yeah um but I, perhaps that was a deliberate um direct, direct, uh, directorial choice i don't know um but yes that's 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 become my, my main criticism that the writing um whilst mostly very good definitely could be tied up tightened up in some places the it gets the writing gets very very uh, quick and punchy and 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 uh, and uh, intense in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, the first half uh, is less so, but that obviously it is that is kind of uh, it's kind of almost a harder thing to do. It's the harder thing to write, kind of when you're just kind of set the scene and uh, flesh out the characters a little bit. Yeah. Um, but in fairness, I've seen plays where that part of a play goes on for most of the play mm-hmm. and it gets very boring. Mm-hmm. I think they had um, the right amount of build up. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. and then, uh, before before you start to get before before the build up gets too long, everything kicks off. Yes, which I, which I really appreciated. Um, so yeah, writing definitely could have been tightened up some places, but I thought it ultimately it was very good, and that I would personally have preferred the melodramatic elements to be taken out. Um, but yeah, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we'll be looking out for Andrew Cartmel's new play. Uh, I think he has another one coming uh, in July, I believe. It's, yes, as it's real July, as anything. So how it here? It's July fifth to July 9th. 2022 um, at the Hen and Chicken Theatre Bar in Islington, I believe. Yeah, um, so as, yeah as real as anything, a serious comedy by Andrew Cartmel. The be fact directed... that it's called a serious comedy already <laughs> makes me want to go it. Yeah, it's going to be directed by Jenny Eastop. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we're we're gonna, definitely going to go check that out. And uh, if you like what uh, you the sound sound of Glacier Lake, then we definitely recommend you also uh, go and check out Andrew Cartmel, uh, Andrew Cartmel's next work. Yeah, and, and follow if... Thursday Theatre as well uh, on Instagram because they'll be posting you know their new show. Yes, there. it was their first show Thursday yes. Theatre. They actually I wanted to mention that they were set up during lockdown. Um, I think um, we spoke briefly to um, Jamie Hutchins, the actor who played Daniel after the production, and I think I think he mentioned that they they he said it kind of made me think a little bit of um, stage stage yes me too. Where basically, you know, all these all these artists and create creators were kind of <laughs> out of work now because of the pandemic, and they basically this group kind of formed to give themselves um, some purpose, something to do, something to work on, something to a creative outlet, and they kind of they basically kind of got together on I think on Zoom on Thursdays on Thursday that yes. was it yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a lovely lovely that, story yeah. lovely story. Um, and now they've finally got something on stage yeah that's really exciting pandemic, which is great so i think that's a lovely story and i do think thursday i was very i was impressed with thursday theaters um especially for a first production i was impressed with their um their professionalism and conduct yes They're just the way everything was put together um, yeah it was lovely so yeah i really so it was a very enjoyable experience and thank you very much to um thursday theater for reaching out to us and inviting us to come along and review the show um but yeah so glacier lake uh, unfortunately closing on the 8th if it comes back, do try and check it out. And if it if it doesn't, check out Andrew Cartmel's next show, as real as anything, from July fifth to July 9th at the Hen and Chicken Theatre Bar. 
So we are also kindly invited to see Abigail by Fury Theatre. And we did that on la- like last Wednesday. So we saw Glacier Lake on the Tuesday, then saw Abigail on the Wednesday. Uh, so Abigail is... So it was... First of all, I just want to uh, start by saying that I did not know... I don't know, still don't know very much about the Salem Witch Trials. Um, but I, I had heard of Abigail Williams... And I know that she is often portrayed as a villain. So we'll f- she's, she's, she's used as a character in, she's like almost a character device in a lot of uh, TV, books. Almost like a other- puppet villain though as well, right? Because she was a child. She was right? a child. She was, so sorry, I never said, but she's one of the main accusers of, in the, in the Salem uh, Witch. Yeah, trial. she was 11 or 12 apparently at the time uh, when it happened. She, yeah, she, I think she was the first to accuse with another friend of hers. Yeah. Uh, and then she apparently disappears in the history books apparently shortly after the witch trials take place. Yeah, so after the witch trials, uh, apparently the last we know of Abigail is that she was in Boston well, somewhere. That, that's a rumour. So that someone, is a rumour. So there, there was an individual in Boston, right? There was, yes, an individual, <laughs> there's someone in Boston who died in prison as a prostitute. Yeah. And it's based on that hook the speculation that um, uh, Laura, Laura, Laura Turner and uh, Stephen Gillard wrote this play. What was happening there in Boston? Why was she in Boston? What was she doing there? And what happened to her? Why did she die in prison? Um, it's just like what speculative historical fiction, I guess. You call speculative it? <laughs> historical fiction—that's exactly what it is. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's a really interesting take. I particularly always love seeing um, historical figures um, like approached from a different angle, and I don't think there is a lot focusing on Abigail. And I, you can understand—I mean, she was a child. That's usually things focus on the whole process rather than Abigail herself. It's interesting you say that and it's true. There is not a lot of folks in Ab- Abigail and yet she's in a lot. Like, yeah, you know. and she is kind of it's she's super well known as well as yeah. a, as an important figure. I think she during was in Legends time. of Tomorrow once. I think she was too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I definitely I remember I played a video game once, which is based in Salem in the modern day, but the witch trials obviously come into it, mm-hmm. and she's definitely mentioned that. I think you see her ghost in that or something as well. Yeah. So she she is she appears everywhere. Uh, we don't know much about her, and that's okay. And we'll never know much about her. I think we have to be able to sit with that thought. That the only we, thing we know is that she did this terrible thing. She did this terrible thing. <laughs> we don't know why she did the terrible thing, and that's kind of one of the other things that this show tr- tries to explore why would she have done that why would she have accused because of, she was she was a girl accusing women of witchcraft right? I, I did speculate before we ever saw it that that um uh it, that some there would be an element of uh abuse no an element of um women being taught like brought mm-hmm, brought mm-hmm. up to view um non-conventional women or women just women who are outside the pristine angel of the house as Deborah, uh, Deborah, as a t- concept that Deborah taught me about um, during her PhD uh, days, hmm. um, women who aren't that kind of typical angel of the house, they're they're different and therefore they're wrong and they're evil and weaponizing, pro- you know, quote unquote, uh, nice women, mm-hmm. proper women, mm-hmm. quote unquote, um, to weaponizing men and weaponizing those women against the other women. And actually making them yes, it's, the bullets. Yes, it's o- othering the different, right? And yeah. kind of this in this process, we are all guilty of. I'm sure we all have done that to some extent. And Abigail clearly has done it uh, to a very great extent. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, when, even when you see, sorry, it's just, even when you see today, um, like, for example, I don't know, like a woman who, uh, who you know, you see, the, I don't know, like a... Uh, you know, the, stere- the, the, the stereotypes that, you know, women are... are, are women are catty or whatever right mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. a lot of that at that time that's perpetrated by men right mm-hmm. and and uh, and women are basically being taught to to uh, see other women's competition 
Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. That's kind of mod- oh, yeah, and- that's the. I mean, obviously, my understanding of this is so basic compared to Deborah's, and indeed, um, Laura Turner's and Stephen Gillard's, no doubt. But but that's kind of my mod- my my interpretation. Is that's the kind of modern version of it. Yeah, I think we're still taught. Uh, obviously, if you, I, I, I come from a school, the school of thought that believes we are, we are, we are, we live in a patriarchal structure, and in that, in in the, because of that, we are all victims and perpetrators in many ways, and I think that's what the show uh, depicts. Yeah, that's, right. that's exactly. Women can actually be perpetrators of the patriarchy, although they have been conditioned to do so. It's 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 very, men men, it's, men are victims of the patriarchy yeah, as well. Yeah, um, and, and women are perpetrators as well. But even yeah. when they're perpetrators, they're kind of being they're being to, they're tools almost to the to the to the to the, to the, to the men weaponizing them. It's I, I'm not really qualified to talk about this. I'll probably if you remember, <laughs> if any of you has seen or read, indeed, uh, the Handmaid's Tale, you remember that there are women there who support the regime because they are benefiting from it, but also they're being oppressed by it. Just so there's poor people who will vote um, for. You know, Tories. Econ- em- <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say economically right wing uh, uh, <laughs> let's, ideals. Let's just call it what but it is. But yeah, there are there are there are uh, people in economically uh, struggling uh, situations who will vote for the, for right wing governments who want to take away their rights. Yes, uh, it's 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 just the way it is. We yeah, don't... yeah, it's it's always it's always uh, a surprise, and it, but at the same time, there is you you can understand where it comes from sometimes, even though it's difficult to. Um, so yeah, so I thought that the idea to approach Abigail was really clever, uh, and the play. So what what can, what can we say now about the play itself, right? Um, it is very much um, a work in progress um, still. I think that the um, the cast we we actually uh, were there for a Q and A with the cast um, and the director and the co and the and the co director. Uh, and they kind of uh, did say this is a work in progress. Uh, they asked for feedback, actually, in every very, seat. Very much a work in progress. Not just, yeah, they, they were yeah, very adamant for that. Yeah, in every every seat, when you got there, there was a piece of paper saying, please send us emails, tell us what you think, where can we improve? I think they're very open about that, which I really appreciate. Um, the show was set in, so the, sorry, not set, but the, the production happened at the Space uh, Theatre, as, as we said before. And it's a it's a converted church. Yes, I assume a deconsecrated church as well, given what, yeah, yes. the, given what went given on. Given the subject, <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, I think there's a the one problem with that is that if you are not in the first couple of rows, you, you did really struggle. It was very much restricted view. Very. <laughs> we much, lived up yeah. to our name. And the acoustics weren't ideal. No. Um. So I yeah. So I, I do think that's unfortunate. Uh, I think that um. I think the director definitely needs to have a look at. Uh, at sight lines and acoustics, fun, very basic, the very basics, basically, uh, the, how well the audience can see and hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, uh, at the next, whether, whether next stage of this, yeah, yeah, whether whether they are the same venue or a different venue, I think um, that kind of needs to be definitely needs to be looked at. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that's a uh, we we struggled a bit to see, especially because there were quite a few scenes uh, happened kind of on the floor level. Which made it hard to see because there was no. Um, yes, no, no enormous, enormous amount actually takes, takes yeah. place on the floor. Yeah. But then, having said that, uh, I did enjoy the uh, the ambition. I did enjoy the themes it tackled. Um, I was very, I was like enthralled by uh, by by the subject and how it was portraying everything. Um, I do think that um, it's a little long. And we heard that it started as a one-woman show, and I think it was short, and they ended up adding to it. And don't get me wrong, I much prefer to have more characters than having a one-person show. Um, yeah. But I do think that maybe a few cuts would make it a little snappier. Yeah, I think they're aware of that. I mean, so remember, actually, during the Q&A, I remember the, uh, one of the questions that was asked by another member of the audience was, 
um, the play kind of has two endings. Uh huh. Um, yes. And, and he kind and he said and he kind of I think he I think he I can't remember exactly how he phrased his question, but he kind of said he felt he. He he felt it kind of ended there nicely, and he and but then he didn't it, need the second he, ending. He, he wanted to know why they put that that. But why they, I think maybe he was aware that that, that at one point had been the ending, and he was I'm, I'm not oh, sure. Okay. But um, but uh, he was asking basically, yeah, what? Why did you feel the need to put in this other ending? Mm-hmm. Um, and there there is an element of symmetry with the beginning in that in the second ending, yeah. and an element of sick, a secular nature. Um, I guess the themes of sick the, the themes of cycles was not one that I had really. Uh, absorbed throughout the performance but I guess it is actually there oh yes um, I guess, yes it is <laughs> I, yeah but I hadn't really thought about it I guess but you obviously had but I hadn't um, and I definitely I thought it was over um, uh, yes at, at that point and I was actually thinking, you were ready oh, to clap I think I, I was ready to clap and I was like yeah. I, I actually like, I like the ending better I thought so, I thought that's a good ending so my reaction to it was I also thought it was over I was uh, surprised when they came back, but I actually, I actually like the fact I like I like the full circleness of it yeah. uh, as much as you know, like this is very much this show explores the the cycle of abuse and how you know people who are victims become abusers, as we mentioned, and and how it keeps going and how the justice system often fails uh, not just women, I think women especially in this play, but it fails people in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I did like it. I think perhaps it extended itself a little too long, that last scene. Maybe just seeing her, it, just seeing the ending being like the beginning. Well, I think your perception of this last scene is going to be slightly warped by the fact that you're actually surprised it's taking place. That yes. Takes, that takes a moment to get over. Oh, so, oh, that wasn't the ending. Oh, right, sorry. And that, take, that, that obviously takes a moment to recontextualize mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, perhaps... Perhaps the answer would be if they want to keep that second ending in to, to make it le- less look like it's over, which would be hard to do, I guess. But sure, yeah, but, I um, think that's that's maybe an alternative the, uh, for for them to to consider if they want to. The reason I brought that up was because you were saying you think it it could it could do with some cuts, some editing. I think yes. I agree with you, and that's per- personally for me that's one that's one one cut I'd make very simple yeah. very simple cut of an entire scene I'd make just there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's obviously Deborah doesn't fully agree with that. You no, like, you like I, that ending. I, no, I do, I do like that ending. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the problem with why it has two endings because <laughs> some people like it, some people don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so um, this is no uh, complaint to the actress. Uh, I think the, um, the actress playing uh, Mercy. Mercy is Abigail's friend, Lucy Cooper. Uh, I think she was she was very good and she played her her part really well, like an almost ingenue in a way. She didn't really know things and she was very naive and gullible. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, this is one character that I would perhaps leave out. As I said to you before, That's I think even more dramatic than cutting a scene. Well, really there you character. go, there you go. Uh, not that uh, I think I think that there is another character uh, in the play who Millie who 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 fulfills the same function. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think, they, and they kind of go through a similar journey, and they go through a very similar journey as well. Um, so I don't, I don't know how necessary she is, but I think, as again, she can be kept, but maybe other things need to be tightened then in other in other places. But yeah. this is just a suggestion. I'm no, I'm no playwright, and I don't, uh, you know, pretend to be. You're so. no playwright, but if that's the impression you had coming out of it, there's still valuable feedback yeah, um, sure. that uh, two characters ultimately went went yeah. on the same journey. Yeah. Um, so I. 
I really liked uh, Laura Turner's Abigail. I think she uh, was uh, she was angry at the right like the right level of angry. She made me feel angry at Abigail, but also feel sorry for her. I understood her yeah, it's situation. It's a nuanced role, and it's a nuanced performance of a nuanced yes, role. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Solvi's character, Solvi, is uh, I think one of the witches who was accused or who Abigail accused, uh, played by Sophie Jane Corner. I also liked her performance, uh, and I actually, weirdly enough, now having just said to cut a character, I wish you'd see more of her. Yeah, I said that as well. <laughs> yes, there's an element of her because she's she's like a, she's essentially a ghost, right? She's a memory or a ghost of one of the people who Abigail condemned to death. Excuse me, essentially condemned to death. Yeah, and she comes and goes a lot, and actually that caused some staging issues at times. Her mm-hmm. coming, her coming and going. Um, so so I and also um, so I what I would like to do is have her on stage basically all the time while Abigail's there yes. certainly and that would that would help remove certain staging issues and also I really like the idea of her being there all times because yeah. towards the end of the play she started staying there mm-hmm. and Abigail was able to was able to you know was aware of her presence was was look was able to have silent interactions with her whilst speaking to the characters and I really liked all that stuff now maybe they tried that I don't know um, we didn't ask um, maybe if it was too much. Uh, yeah. It, un- it undercut the kind of uh, made it undercut the, the 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 gravity, the impact of when she was there. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, if they if it hasn't been tried, I would love to see a version of this where she's constantly on stage yes, as a looming I- threat. Because I loved her presence and I loved the I mean the, the music, the use of music to to um, to uh, often to what's the word to highlight, highlight her presence, her presence yeah. mm-hmm. um, was great as well. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, having now talking about this now, I, I kind of find a, I have a reason why she wouldn't be there all the time because it, in a way, the more she stays, is the more Abigail comes to terms with who she is. Sure. Right, and then that presence uh, highlights that. However, again, I still think there's a version of this play with her on stage all the time and I apologize to the actress who will have fewer breaks but <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see that because I think that would be really interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I think it's really exciting to see new productions. Like it's too exciting to see what's being cooked up, you know, in like in the yeah. the small theaters of London to leave uh, the West End sometimes. And look, we just we started this podcast today talking about a very very big producer, one of the biggest ones that we have, who does not treat his uh, his artists and crew properly you know mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's time for, for a change and, and for like a renewal of the people in power um, and it's just nice to see uh, all these things kind of bubbling up under the surface yeah you mentioned you enjoyed it so did I but um, I just want to point out that when we were speaking to um, to Laura afterwards uh, and, a couple, and and someone else the assistant director also had exactly the mm-hmm. same interaction where they said you know that's you know oh did you thanks for coming did you enjoy the show and then the cat then kind of catch themselves and leaves the word enjoy for such a for such a heavy play yes and something I said my response to that was uh, no I don't mind using the word enjoy because I enjoy being challenged by by by, by art mm-hmm. right and um, I just want to make the point that that is very much what this this show is trying to do I don't think I don't think they'll mind me saying this show is not trying to be a a a, a, really, a, really, a really fun night out. You know, it's 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 meant to be it's it's art as an art. It's 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 trying to be moving art as an art gallery. It's not trying to be um, a musical. Yes, you know? definitely, um, and definitely. that's just something to be aware of, right? Because not everyone, you know, not, some people go to theatre for one, some people go to theatre for the other, some people go to theatre for both. Mm-hmm. But you definitely want, ideally, you want to know what you're going to. You want you know? to know before you go, yes. So, I so th- this, 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 this is this is not a spooky thriller, exciting Salem witch trial thing. It's, no, and it's uh, which, also because Salem witch trials can be played up like that. It can be played it, up as it can be played up as kooky, spooky, fun. 
Yes, and it can be play, it can be played up as mostly uh, via like the, the historical lens, which yeah. I don't even think this is doing, even though it is historical. If that no, makes sense, it's very kind much... of ex- very much exploring heavy themes, yeah. uh, heavy heavy situation. You know how uh, women are failed by society yeah. over and over again. Even how even uh, good men, and this is and this is what I found interesting. I'll, I'll go back to this one in a minute. <laughs> but uh, even how even good men. Um, can also like don't really have much they can do. They also have their arms tied a lot of the time. They can't do. Oh, do you want to see more of him? Actually, the good, the 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 the, 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 the Marshall character. Yes. yes. I think maybe we need to see more of him. Actually, we might need because to see more cause, of cause him. Because yes. when you because for he, balance, right? Yeah, because because well, not just no, not just for balance of representation of good and no, bad men. No. But <laughs> but he's kind of introduced early on as a potential threat, and then kind of goes away for a long time, and then it's revealed he was indeed. I I, I actually I think I trusted him personally. But yeah, Abigail, me Abigail, too. Abigail doesn't. Which I is think, fair enough. Oh, there's more. There's a lot. This is the thing, right? Um, and this is why we're we're we're. This is much more of a discussion than a review. Yes, um, that, because for, for, because because it's a work in progress. As we said it wouldn't be fair to to kind of try. Uh, it's it, it, look. It's a hundred percent rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. They 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 they're well aware of that themselves. They want to. This is not. This is not the end for Abigail. It's the beginning for Abigail. Um, and there's there's definitely a lot of improvement that can be made, and there's there's definitely. Uh, but because thing, it's 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 trying to deal with so much. Like I said, like the fact that. That I hadn't, it's only just now that I realise actually that Marshall character needs to be, needs needs there's a lot more that could be done with him. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah. but also at the same time, the play as it stands at the moment feels a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. So actually, I think it could potentially it could be made even longer in a way that would actually feel tighter. Yes. It's it's, it's there's there's look. Sorry, we're being contradictory. There's, we there's, 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 but no, but seriously, there's um there's it's it's a heavy there's a lot here, and um they've. That it's it's going to be it's a tough thing to do right it's not it's it's not um just a matter of uh, it's not like it's not just a matter of I don't know of trying to tighten up a piece a piece of light entertainment so it runs better it's 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 a lot more complicated than that and mm-hmm. there, there's a lot they, there's a lot they have a lot of work ahead of them as a result but I think they've got a really nice foundation there oh and that, and, and, definitely and their, and their lofty ambitions definitely can be realised. Um, by you know continuing down this path yeah i agree and i as i was gonna say before i i cut myself because i knew i was going in two different directions at the same time but um fury theater then it's a it's a female-led um theater company but i we spoke to laura who funded it and she said that she was very much keen to have uh, men to have other people have all voices heard not just women's voices mm-hmm. you know i think we have to bring everyone into the conversation and she was very adamant about that uh which i really appreciate i think we definitely got to uh we got to our feminist journey uh it got here it got us here and now we need to bring people in we need to uh, you know have these conversations with everybody uh be intersectional and also bring men in i think men we have to hear what they have to say um and they are also suffering under the patriarchy you know uh and i think the show does that and i agree with you maybe then the marshall character who kind of has this has this role of also like trying to be good but also failing yeah uh, uh being or also kind of not or being stopped because being limited, he, being but, limited yeah, exactly right. by what he can do uh, maybe we can see more of him uh, it's very interesting to have that point of view you know that counterpoint mm-hmm. to a really nasty character <laughs> yeah um, I feel there's a lot more we could talk about with this and perhaps we will uh, in yeah. the near future um, but um, for now I think we like what we'd like to leave it with is the fact that it is running until 
tomorrow to 7th. Oh, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it's running until the 7th um, of May. And then, but however, it was live streamed last night. Yes. And live stream is going to be available. For two weeks. For two weeks. Yes. I believe it's a live stream with a Q&A, so you might have also the Q&A at the end yes, of the live stream. Yes, there was stream. a Q&A. So it was, as that means it would be available to the 19th of May. So that's two weeks. So you've got two weeks to see it if you'd like to. Um, as I said, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very uh, kind of high concept, I would say. High concept, um, work in progress. Yes. So just know that going in. And know that you're not you're not seeing it. To, you're not you, don't, you know you're not you're not don't 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 rent out the live stream to get in and t- take away and have a great old a great old uh, laugh and t- <laughs> great no, laugh definitely at home. not no. Uh, you get to, it's it's one it's one because you want to be challenged. And you you like when art does that to you. Hey, you might go in. You, you should you know get the, get the get the live stream and get a notepad. You might want to take notes. You might do research because <laughs> as I even uh, said to Laura, I now want to read more about Salem and I want to understand more of those women. Yeah, I'd uh, definitely be interested to see its next uh, iteration. Uh, yes, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so make sure you follow Fury, Th- Fury Theatre uh, on Instagram uh, and you know keep up with everything that they're doing yeah. and check out uh, we wrote a little bit about it. We also made a reel about our experience going in. So check that out too. <laughs> So that's it for this week. Uh, quite a busy week. Um, we will hopefully uh, be back with next week with a uh, with, with something uh, a bit more uh, maybe more uh, what's the word light hearted yeah. <laughs> um, or not because you know what the next episode is. I actually no. I've forgotten. <laughs> oh yes, indeed. Yes, you're right. We are, yes, next week we are, we have another review coming for you, which will not be lighthearted actually. But there we go. Um, but yeah, thank you ever so much to um, Fury Theatre and to Thursday Theatre for inviting us to uh, Abigail and Glacier Lake, respectively. Yes, thank you, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us afterwards as well. You are very nice. You're all very nice people. <laughs> yeah. So definitely Thursday Theatre and Fury Theatre. Go follow them um, on social media and. Uh, obviously you can follow us on social media and um, definitely keep an eye out for their next productions Uh, in the meantime thank you very much for listening we will catch you guys next week and see more shows